everyone, I am Leia and you are listening to Brain Dump. In today's episode, I want to shift away a little bit from the purely scientific content that I have been providing you guys so far. As I mentioned in the first episode, I want Brain Dump to be a space to talk about science, but then also really anything going on in my life that I feel like would be a cool podcast episode and might provide some insights for you. And today I want to talk about mental health. For me, mental health has been a huge theme this year, as it has been for many others in the world. Um, It's just been a dark time, and I think we can all agree on that. And for me personally, I've been going through it. Um, We'll get to why in a second. But I'm not afraid of getting personal on here because I know that in many ways, it can help somebody out there who is listening and struggling with similar things. And with this episode specifically, I want to talk about things that have helped me, specifically my experience with therapy. Therapy has become a huge part of my life these past few months, and it's been a really interesting experience. There's been a lot that I didn't expect, and I've grown a lot from it. And again, knowing that so many people right now are struggling with mental health, I wanted to share with you my experience and maybe encourage some of you who are afraid to try therapy out, who don't really know what it entails, to seek it out yourself. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about a therapy app I used called BetterHelp as it was the option that made the most sense to me at the time given that we're in quarantine and also as I will talk about it was a little bit less expensive than traditional therapy which made a lot of sense for me as a student. Um, So to start us off I guess I will give you guys a little bit of a background as to why I decided to seek therapy in the first place. I actually had thought about going to therapy for many years Beginning probably around freshman year of college, my parents got divorced around that time. Hi mom, hi dad, if you're listening to this. And it wasn't by any means a very traumatic experience for me relative to what divorce can be like for others. But at the same time, it was a little bit of a weird moment for me to be experiencing that huge life change as I was leaving home and entering college and I felt like I wasn't able to properly deal with everything going on since I had so many other things I was juggling and so I thought that maybe seeking out therapy would help me talk some of my feelings out about the situation and also just my emotions in general. Unfortunately, once I got to Stanford my freshman year, I learned very quickly that the mental health services provided there are kind of lacking, um, for lack of a better word. If anyone listening right now went or goes to Stanford, I think that that sentiment will resonate with you. Um, Stanford's psychological services, which are called CAPS, still have a lot of work to do, especially with accessibility in general. There's a lack of resources and a lack of people to talk to. There can be really long waiting times. And the combination of all that kind of steered me away from therapy. And the other thing was that I never really had a mental health issue or disorder that was diagnosable And I think that going into college, I kind of had this misconception that to go to therapy, you had to have something seriously wrong with you or that you had to be going through something extremely traumatic. 
And because I was telling myself this, which by the way is completely false as I hope to convey in this podcast, I decided that I didn't need to talk to anybody. And my desire to seek out therapy kind of came back once in a while throughout college, but again, I really didn't think it through. I thought that, you know, I could deal with things on my own. I've always been a fairly independent person and have always considered myself to be fairly resilient. And so I thought that maybe therapy would almost show that I was lying to myself or that I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. So that was my thoughts on therapy before this year. Then, unfortunately, things took a turn for the worse when I started dating somebody last November. They're no longer in my life, and I doubt they will be listening to this podcast. Um, Either way, I'm not going to reveal their name or anything for privacy reasons, but I will just tell you about my experience. Long story short, after a couple of months, I had a gut feeling that this relationship wasn't quite right, but because I was very much overwhelmed with emotion at the beginning of the relationship, I decided to not listen to my own intuition and give this person the benefit of the doubt. When looking back, I should have not done that at all and gotten out when I told myself that maybe this wasn't a good idea. Very quickly after that, things turned very toxic. There was a lot of manipulation and invalidation for me. I think that this person wasn't a bad person, wasn't trying to be a bad person, but they still had a lot of emotional growing up to do and also did not take enough time from their past relationship to enter a new one, something that I realized looking back as well. And so as a result, there was a lot of just emotional distance on their part, which made me feel very invalidated and neglected. And because they also partook in a lot of gaslighting, I ended up blaming myself for everything I was feeling and I diagnosed myself with what I believed to be relationship anxiety, which is this idea that I was petrified by the idea of this person leaving me, and so I was almost overcompensating for that by showing signs of neediness and needing constant attention, which were things that I was blamed for very early on in the relationship, something that I had never been told before. So yeah, relationship anxiety is something I never experienced and yet I convinced myself that I had this problem. And that's actually how I decided to seek therapy. This relationship twisted me in so many ways that I thought that I had this really intense psychological problem with me that needed to be cured instantly if this relationship was ever going to work out. Spoiler alert, we broke up. Um, That breakup was also very dramatic, and maybe I'll talk about it in a future episode. Let me know if you guys want to hear that. Um, I'm definitely open to it. So yeah, the relationship was definitely not right, but again, at the time, I was still convinced that things could work if I just sorted myself out. At this point, I decided to download the app BetterHelp. Now, I will give you guys a brief overview of BetterHelp. Um, By the way, this isn't sponsored or anything. I know that BetterHelp does do a lot of sponsorships around the internet, 
But BetterHelp is a online therapy service where essentially when you open the app for the first time, you fill out a questionnaire about your demographic information and why you're seeking therapy. And they very quickly match you with your own therapist. I think for me, it took them like 24 hours or less. And from there, you schedule weekly sessions to talk to your therapist. They can either be by phone or by video. For me, I used phone sessions for the first six weeks, I believe, since I was a little bit uncomfortable having face-to-face conversations as I never used or sought out therapy before. And in addition to those weekly sessions, you have unlimited texting with your therapist, which I personally have really liked especially at the beginning when I was having all of these crisis moments and felt like I didn't know how to fix things. I could just text my therapist my thoughts in the moment and she would get back to me the same day or very early the following day. In addition to those weekly sessions and the unlimited texting, you also get access to a bunch of different webinars, which I found to be really cool and a unique feature of BetterHelp. They have webinars on everything from anxiety to self-esteem to relationships to trauma and their themes change pretty regularly based on their clients needs which I found really cool. They also have a journaling tool in the app so it's completely optional. I used it very often the first few weeks but you can essentially set an alarm on your phone to remind you at a specific time each day to just write out your feelings in their little journal And a neat little feature with that is once you submit it, you can attach a little emoji to it that's supposed to represent how you feel that day. So I always liked doing that because it was a nice way to kind of like summarize my thoughts and feelings in that moment. Now I don't use it as much. I have kind of turned to journaling with pencil and paper and I'll explain why in a second, but that's also another option that's featured on the app. So BetterHelp is one of many therapy apps out there. I think it's probably one of the most well-known ones. I know there are others like Talkspace, Two Chairs. They each are kind of unique in their own ways. And if you're thinking about using a therapy app, I definitely recommend looking through all the descriptions and seeing what would work best for you and your schedule. And if you still aren't fully sure that you want to invest your money and time into it. I completely understand, first of all, therapy, traditional or otherwise, is not cheap. I will say that BetterHelp gave me a big discount when I told them that I was a student, I believe. When you first sign up for the app, they give you an estimate of how much it'll cost per month. But if you say that you can't afford it and give a good reason why, like if you're a student or you make below a certain amount of money a year, they give you a pretty substantial discount. I was very pleasantly surprised when I first got the app. So that's something to keep in mind. It's still, I believe, to be completely transparent, around $65 a week. Relative to traditional therapy, that's actually a really good deal, but you know, it is a substantial amount of money. So if you're still a little bit hesitant, but you feel like you might want to seek help, I want to talk to you guys about some of the benefits that I've experienced. And specifically, I want to talk about three things that I've learned and have been able to apply for my therapy sessions. The first, which is very simple, but honestly has been the biggest game changer for me is having someone confirm to me that my feelings are valid. 
for me, that was a huge, huge, huge deal as I was entering therapy, mainly for my relationship and being with somebody who constantly neglected my feelings and told me that I was putting on a pity party for myself whenever I expressed distress and feelings of needing more from the other person. So instead of doing that, my therapist actually told me that my emotions were completely understandable and no matter what, your emotions are valid. I want to be super clear about that. At the end of the day, people say that yes, we can control our emotions to a certain extent, but when people are sad most of the time, we don't actually choose to be sad. Yes, if we really work to change our thoughts, we might be able to change our emotions, but in that particular moment, we're just reacting to our environment in a way that feels most genuine to us. And I feel like no matter who you are, that should be respected. Of course, you can have a conversation about it with somebody else, but you should never be made to feel like what you're expressing emotionally is not right or should not be respected and understood. As someone who has experienced that, it's extremely hurtful and to be honest, it's still something that I am recuperating from to this day. So I want to be clear that your emotions are valid no matter what and it's something that my therapist taught me from day one. And even if you feel like your emotions make no sense, I can promise you as cheesy as it is that you are not alone. There's so many people on this planet and there are definitely people that will understand the way you feel. A book I recently read that was definitely a testament to that for me was Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Gosh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. I really need to look up people's pronunciations before I do these podcasts, but her last name is G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B. Um, she is a psychotherapist. I first heard her do an interview on another podcast and read her book from that. It is such a good book. It is hilarious, but it's also so emotionally raw. And it's the story of her as a therapist going to a therapist for her breakup, but it also tells stories of her clients and all of the complex emotions that they feel, which I definitely related to all of their stories in one form or another. So again, this idea that you are not alone very much is represented in that book and is something that I encourage you to remember as you go through life. It is definitely something that I've been reminded of in therapy that I am so thankful for. The next main lesson that I learned in therapy is no matter what stage you are in life, especially emotionally and mentally, there's always still so much to learn. Similarly to the first lesson, it's kind of an intuitive idea but I guess I never really fully realized it until I had therapy. I think it's because I live with myself every day. I've lived with myself every day since birth. And so because of that, it's easy to think that I have a solid understanding of my own thoughts and emotions and why I feel the way I feel, why I think the way I think. But bringing in some science here, like there's still so much to be learned in the realms of neuroscience and psychology. So even though you are very much aware of your own experience, it's a little far out there to say that you completely understand your own thoughts and emotions and that you have no self-limiting beliefs about those things. What I learned in therapy is 
there are so many new ways of thinking about the mind, thoughts, and emotions. And as someone who studied neuroscience and psychology, of course I knew these things, but I was always studying them from a very objective third-person point of view, and I was never really applying them to my own mental battles. And so by beginning to expose myself to these new ways of thinking, I've begun to realize the limits of my own conceptions of my mind and my own experiences with my thoughts and emotions. And as a result, I've been able to sort of grow and expand and maybe consider alternatives to how I can think about certain situations. So if you choose to do therapy, I think that those alternatives will definitely be different on a case-by-case basis and what you will resonate with will definitely pertain to you and you only. For me, what really surprised me is that I started looking at spiritual ways of thinking about life and the mind and emotions. For me, it was super surprising because I never grew up religious or spiritual at all, but I read this book called Inner Engineering by Sadhguru, who is this world-renowned yogi. He has a bunch of really great speeches and interviews on YouTube, which is how I first found out about him. And he talks about all kinds of things relating to mind, body, spirit, soul. Upon first glance, you may think that it's a little bit out there, especially if you grew up in a very secular, non-religious family like I did, or non-spiritual family. But there were a lot of his ideas that really, really resonated with me and that when I actually applied them to my own life, helped me feel so much better about my situations. For example, he really emphasizes this idea that we do not have to be the product of our thoughts and emotions because he believes in sort of a soul, like an entity that lives within each of us. It's almost as if we're witnessing our thoughts and feelings instead of being our thoughts and feelings. So... Applying that to daily practices in things like meditation, which I've been doing a lot more of recently, you can almost gain an extra layer of awareness to your thoughts and emotions. And instead of being consumed by them, you can sort of look at your thoughts and emotions more objectively and just accept them, let them happen, and then move on instead of sort of dwelling on them for too long. Accepting the fact that you are not your thoughts and emotions has been so important for me. And I will say that's just one of many ideas in his book. It's probably one of the most life-changing books I've read this year. Definitely recommend it. Um, again, it's called Inner Engineering. That is one of the many new perspectives on the mind that I was exposed to, not as a direct result of therapy, but as a result of therapy encouraging me to look for ways to develop myself physically and mentally and emotionally, which then led me to go on YouTube and watch all of these interviews and eventually fall upon Sadhguru's videos. Some other books that I've been reading recently that were direct slash indirect results of me going to therapy is Limitless by Jim Quick. It just came out and that book is very different from Inner Engineering, but it's about how to increase your memory, focus, how to read better, a bunch of different skills that point to this idea that 
we can grow our minds to be something far beyond what we originally limited ourselves to be. I also have been reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which is a little bit more of a tough love book on how you can really accomplish anything if you push past all of the self-limiting beliefs that you have about yourself and all of the initial pain of doing something that might be difficult. I've also been listening to a lot of podcasts. I won't get into all of them, but definitely reach out to me if you're interested in learning more about some of the perspectives that I have been listening to in order to overcome some of the things I've been going through this year. Finally, the last thing that therapy gave me were actionable insights to my problems. I think that the one thing that I was missing when I was dealing with problems on my own was the ability to identify the problem and then find the best solution to address the problem. I was really good at figuring out what I was tackling and what my present situation was and why I was feeling the way I was feeling, but I was really struggling to figure out what the next steps were from there. I really didn't know how to act in order to move past these situations. In other words, I realized that knowledge is not power and it's actually what you do with that knowledge that can become powerful. So some of the actionable insights that therapy gave me, just to give you guys a few examples, is journaling on pen and paper. It's not the most revolutionary idea in the world, but when done the right way, it can be such a cathartic experience. Sometimes I just free write my thoughts and sometimes you can find some really engaging prompts online. Um, if you literally just look up like journaling prompts um, or something along those lines. I think I did one the other day that was like fill in the blank type of prompts where they ask something along the lines of, I feel most appreciated when dot dot dot, I feel most seen when dot dot dot, and then on the flip side, I feel most small when dot dot dot, I feel put down when dot dot dot. Those were some interesting ones to do, but that's just one of many examples. Something else I've been trying recently is just tracking my days, again on a piece of paper. Um, I'll write down what I wake up, what I have for breakfast, um, when I work out. So it's a little bit of like a food and exercise tracker, but it's also a way for me to track my moods by hours of the day and to see what activities or what aspects of my day affect how I'm feeling. Um, so for example, something that I've noticed recently is that I tend to feel most down right when I wake up. And as soon as I work out, I feel almost 100% better. And also now that I've been able to see my friends a little bit more, socially distanced, of course, I've noticed that having conversations with people has been a huge help for me to kind of get out of my head and get distracted <laughs> from everything going on. So that's been really great. And then from BetterHelp itself, I've been able to do things for my self-care by attending webinars. Something else I forgot to mention earlier is that BetterHelp also provides therapists with a bunch of worksheets that they can then give to their clients to fill out um, about a bunch of different topics relating to their issues. There are some worksheets that are also more informational, like certain like mnemonics or tips and tricks to keep in mind when facing certain problems. So 
The combination of all of those things have really given me a good toolkit when addressing a variety of issues and without therapy it would have taken me a lot longer to find those resources and apply them to my own life and see what works for me and what doesn't. So yeah, in conclusion, therapy has been a huge, huge part of my life recently and I really care about mental health as a topic. I think that People are doing a much better job of talking about it in their daily lives as well as in the media compared to a few years ago, but I think there's still a long way to go in terms of just people being completely open with each other and admitting that not being okay is completely normal and should not be hidden necessarily. And I want to encourage people to seek out extra support if they need it and remember that asking for help is never ever a sign of weakness. In fact, having the guts to even talk to someone about it I think shows a lot of strength. And like I mentioned earlier, it's definitely not a free experience when you go to therapy, but if you feel that you are able to invest in it, I would highly, highly recommend it at least to give it a try. Um, and the great thing about these therapy apps is that you can cancel your payments or pause your subscription anytime. And the last thing I will say is that if you have any other questions about my therapy experience, if you want help sort of figuring out what app or service would be best for you, I am more than happy to talk to you about it. The best way to reach me is on Braindumb social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram. If you follow us at braindump.podcast, again, that's braindump.podcast. So I hope this podcast was helpful to at least some of you out there. I hope you enjoyed listening and I will see you guys on the next episode of Braindump. Bye guys.